What's your problem? What is your solution? This is an interview series about solutions for people and planet. For almost four decades, thousands of patients with chronic conditions have visited the Swiss Biological Medicine Clinic of Dr. Thomas Rao. Many, many of these patients found their way back to a state of health most of them had not known before. The remarkable success of Dr. Rao earned him the nickname the Mozart of Medicine, and it comes from a radically different approach to health and healing. In Rao's clinic, doctors look for the unique milieu and constitution of each patient. No two cancer patients are alike, so contrary to the approach of most regular hospitals, their treatments will not be the same. Allergies, arthritis, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes and even cancer can be overcome following the Swiss secret program of Dr. Thomas Rao. Welcome to Camp Solutions. So many years ago, you started a journey to practice medicine and you went to medical school and, and you learned all the things that all the other doctors learn. But what you do today is very different from what you, or at least it's much more than what you learned at the time. So why did you sort of change your scope of medicine and how did that happen? I must say I had a, <clears throat> a good education after the, the final examination, which I did in, in the US and in Switzerland. Studying in Switzerland, I went to hospitals for several years and I specialized myself in internal medicine. And at this time it was rheumatology, autoimmune diseases, rheumatology. So, and <clears throat> I practiced then, I began to practice after several years hospital. And, you know, practicing is, is learning. And you are finally in contact with, the, with your teachers as a doctor and these are the patients. Uh, and uh, I always had big ears and, and open eyes. So this means you have to listen to the patients and that's a, that's a habit which is not always present in medical world. But honestly, why did they come back? Because they didn't get well. And so I listened to, then I had several times again and again, and this happens to me now all the time, that, that they say, oh, I did this and this and now it's really better. And well, and then <laughs> I was, also one of the rare examples that I asked, well, what did you do under my treatment? Honestly, you did not get much better. But what did you do? Oh, I did the deacidification. I did this automolecular treatment. I did this vitamin infusions, whatever they said. And <clears throat> so I had two, three very dear patients. They came and they said, I did, I changed my inner milieu. What inner milieu? <laughs> so, you know, I was orthodox trained. And they said, and the second question, which normally doctors don't ask, well, where did you do this? And who, who taught you to do so? Oh, it was doctor so and so and so. And then, well, third step, which is unusual, I called this doctor, oh, Dr. Wertman, uh, we have mutual patients. What did you do? He got well under your treatment. He didn't get well under my treatment. So 
I ask, can I come to see what you do? And so, yes, of course, of course you come. And then he became my teacher. And this system I multiplied. And my wife and myself, I have a super wife since 34 years. And uh, she, she accompanied me and we did this together. We went to many doctors all over the world for who just did specific things. This is the secret. Yes. But a person has a, a disease or an ailment and they go to their doctor. The doctor, uh, in, I'm, I'm not talking about the regular mainstream process. And then the doctor will say, well, we're going to do a blood test. If we're going to do this test. We may do an, uh, an X-ray or whatever they do. These, these practical things. So now I'm trying to say, so when you, when the same patient with the same complaints, same problems, goes to you and you say, well, we're going to approach this from the perspective of biological medicine. So what is going to be different? What is going to change? I ask myself, what is the reason? Normally doctors, they ask, what is the diagnosis? And I ask, well, okay, thank you for bringing all these tests. They normally bring MRIs and computer scans and whatever and lab findings like this. So thank you for bringing this because it, it lets me make the diagnosis. But I want to know the, the cause, the background. And this is never all my patients. I, I can look on, I have patients from all over the world, thousands. And they, these doctors worldwide nowadays, they follow guidelines and they do the same thing. So it doesn't make a difference if they go to the Sloan Kettering or to Mayo or to Israel. It's always the same. And they never bring the causes. They have cancer, they have autoimmune, they get medication. As soon as they stop the medication, they get in reoccurrence. Why? Because the background is not researched and not, not evaluated. And this is one thing, you know, toxic load, lack of trace elements, wrong nutrition, and so on. And then the other thing is the constitution. Well, this is some, somehow from my, my homeopathic education, which I also did in my 30 years of, of learning. But so we, I look at the patients from a standpoint of how does this patient react to something? And why does he build up this disease? We call this constitution. And then I also work on this constitutional weakness. So I tell the patients, look, if you have breast cancer or this other patient has breast cancer, that's not the same disease, but in, in, in orthodox medicine, they treat the histological diagnosis. They don't look at the causes. They don't look at the constitution. It is a very big difference. But how do you determine, how do you find out what the constitution of the patient is? Do you, do you have tests for that or how does that work? <laughs> there are some tests which I use as a helping instrument like 
for example, the dark field microscopy here, the mm -hmm. dark field microscopy, where I, I test the blood, uh, the, the life blood. This is one thing. And we do, we do uh, also intestinal analysis on all the patients. The biggest organs are the small intestines and the intestinal systems. So I always analyze this. I treat patients since 40 years now, and I'm one of the few doctors who still examines the patient. Hmm. And I, I examined at least 50,000 patients. So, and so I just feel what their constitutional weakness is and how to approach. So you say the importance of the intestines and the gut, we're going to talk about that. But, but so you want to know what's going on there. Do you use, I mean, in, 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 the, in the modern hospital, they use things like colonoscopies, which are, seem to me rather invasive procedures. Do you use that? Yes, we, we have x-rays. We have the dentists who, do, who does the whole dental examination. We have a, a, a Rolls Royce of an ultrasound device in our clinic. And we do lab tests too. But this is not the most important things. Uh, we use all this because this gives us the diagnosis but it doesn't give us the background. The background is toxic load, is intestinal weakness or, or problems. It's the intestinal flora, these kind of things. It's the trace element content of the blood, which orthodox medicine, not even neurology, neurology does, does take care of all these, uh, well, things which are the basis of the disease, why it got so far. Modern medicine has millions of drugs for millions of different symptoms, and, and every drug is just a little bit different. And what these drugs mostly do is suppress the symptom, and people feel better because the symptom is suppressed, but it is not a cure. So compared to that, what you do, you don't have millions of different approaches. You basically, I would think, have... You have one approach, you, you just analyze whatever it is, and out of that same process, different treatments follow. Can you explain how, how, how that difference works? Yes. I would need to ask, why are there still people, persons, or why are children not getting cancer? Why are children normally not autoimmune? Because the body has a regulation system which heals itself. And the longer you, un you are under, under load of uh, which, which declines the, the regulation capacity, the, the healing capacity of the body, the more they get sick. We have to, to take care of the basic we call it regulation, which is the, the basic reaction modus of the body. And then they can get back to heal themselves. And I hear every, well, every day or every week, several times, I hear patients who tell me I'm no more sick. I'm four times I had my flu every year. Now 
I'm my I don't get sick anymore. These kind of things because we built up the the, the reactivity. We renewed. That's my slogan. We renew your cell and your body cell by cell. And I ask my patients, you are in a nearly destroyed situation, very sick. And what are you doing to make your cells, the new cells, the little cells, the boy cells, you know, what are you doing to make them better? I work with the patients who follow the advices and they make themselves better. You change your diet. <clears throat> you look for your rhythms in the body. You, we try, well, we try to build up your immune system. So in the beginning, I have to give something. I have to help. I can, we give IVs and so on that they get up to another level. But then they have to maintain. This is physical activity. This is very important. Also, the thing that the, the way of thinking. Then we have to build up the intestines. I tell them, look, 95% of your lymph cells, of your immune cells, they are in the intestines. And if they have a war in the intestines because you eat the wrong things, how can they go to your organ to help? So we have to change the intestines and we have to build up. And building up is very much about diet. So food, in other words, what we eat. And now you mentioned that in uh, your new clinic, which you've just uh, recently started, you've even gone a step further. You now offer your patients a, a vegan diet, uh, vegan and, and, and substantially raw as well. Um, can you tell me more about that? And so why have you decided that there should not be any animal protein anymore in the diet of the patient? Yeah, this, I know there are many diets now, many, 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 especially, for example, the ketogenic diet, which is horrible. It destroys the body in, within one, two years. So, but why... Do I suggest the vegan? First of all, because this changes the metabolism the quickest. Secondly, it does not contain the most frequent food intolerances, which more than 90% of the sick patients have food intolerances. They don't even know. It's gluten and dairy, cow dairy product. These two are the most important things to avoid. So when the patient comes to us, super sick normally or unclear disease, then I tell them, look, I don't tell that you have to be vegan for always, but we need to change your metabolism quickly. You are here for two weeks or so. In two weeks, we have to, to reach a point. And that's why I do this rather strict diet, because mm. this changes. And after a week or so, they no more complain, but then they begin to, to notice that how much better they feel. Mm. The stool gets well, migraine goes away, they sleep better. What I tell them, 
I have my book here, this book. It's a super simple book. It has three, three programs in the strict one-week diet, the three weeks uh, detox diet, and the maintenance diet. What I say is no dairy protein. Cow dairy is forbidden. And <clears throat> which includes yogurt and, and curd and not butter, but the all what is milk, of course, and all these horrible drinks which are so available nowadays. Well, this is one thing. And the other thing is no gluten, at least for several weeks, two months. And normally my patients who really follow the diet, they feel I changed fundamentally with this change of nutrition. I, I change fundamentally and they do not need pain remedies, for example, anymore. So what can we do? If you were to be able to prescribe for the whole population, the one thing that we should do better, you know, every day, how would we prevent a lot of this disease? Is there, is there, among all the things we should be doing, is the one thing that stands out? Change food and think positively. You destroy yourself if you always think negative. I never think negative, I think positive. But the important thing is change your nutrition. Drink a lot of water, good water. No sweet drinks, no sugar and no dairy, cow dairy products. No sugar, no cow dairy. This makes the biggest and quickest difference. Then I tell them, <clears throat> no gluten. And try for several months, no gluten. And they select themselves because they feel, oops, this gluten thing, this was the key. But sugar is bad for everybody. And we, the, the average sugar consumption, you know, white sugar is everywhere. The average sugar consumption since 1980 increased by factor 10. The gluten, yes, dairy. Um, the world of supplements. I mean, what do you suggest there? Do we need supplements? The, the answer is clearly yes. Why? Because one is the average population. They have the average Western civilized population has a lack of trace elements. For example, chromium. Lack of chromium helps to de develop a diabetes. Lack of lithium, lithium, which is also a trace element. You have very little, very little amount of lead. That's why it's trace element, very little amount, but this very little amount you need, and it makes a significant change of your normal function. For example, Alzheimer's patients, they have nearly always a lack, significant lack of lithium. Nobody speaks about this. <clears throat> lack of iodine, even orthodox doctors, they know lack of iodine makes a change 
in your thyroid function. And well, modern doctors, they even know that lack of iodine also makes a, a, a decrease of your hormones. My patients, they come sick and they have lack of minerals, trace elements, vitamins normally. This is why we supplement, we give, we give these, these supplements. So you mentioned the importance of drinking water, of course, but water that comes out of most tap has chlorine in it, which is a disinfectant, which we don't need. So, so do you advise people to drink water from the tap or what, what do you say? I would say nowadays 90% of the population in the Western world have chlorine in the tap. So it's, this is an old thinking that it's disinfecting, but it enables even worse bacteria and viruses to grow more because resistances and you get strange bacteria. I'm absolutely against chlorinization of the water, tap water, because if you drink this, and most people, they even drink without knowing because it is everywhere, uh, this chlorine, and, <clears throat> and, uh, and it destroys the intestinal flora, your good flora, which activates your immune system. So you have to drink a water which is not chlorinated. Can you uh, help me a bit understand when, when a patient comes to you, what are you going to do? Do you do certain tests all the time that people don't do in a mainstream uh, hospital? What kind of things do you do that are not happening there? I'm glad if they come with all these uh, superficial tests which they do in the hospitals. That's good for us, so this saves us costs. But what we do is we go much deeper. We look for the intestinal situation, food intolerances. We look if they have a leakiness of the gut. We look to their lymphatic and which we call immune system, the T cells. Then we look the, of the activity of the T cells, the natural killer cells, NK cells, the T4 cells. We test these things. And even more important, we test for toxic load because toxic load blocks the healing capacity and the regulation. We also test for the, all these organic toxic load like glyphosate, DDT, perfluorooctanic acid and all these kinds of things. And when we test these things, we, we are working together with the Toxicological Institute of the University, well, the Toxicological Institute. We, we work together, we make analyses of not only of food, but also of the, the patient's blood, the patient's urine, the patient's saliva. We test our stool and it's absolutely incredible how this toxic load in the patients or in our patients increased within the last 30 40 years if somebody comes to you and says well i'm only drinking organic milk and i, I if i eat meat it's organic meat do these toxins still come through those channels too yes yes well it's nice to have organic milk and if you would have a, a meadow behind your house 
and without toxic sprays and you would have your own cow this would be nice <laughs> but who has this nobody has this so you think that that even when they say that these cows the organic milk cows only uh, are eating grass that is or you know is not sprayed at all that you think that these toxins still find their way into that milk yes you do not have the same cows anymore the cows they have much more the cow milk this comes from from how they breed the, the, yeah. the cows you know that these yeah. production high production cows it's still is just no more the same as it was 40 years ago you started as you mentioned like 40 years ago practicing medicine and you started learning from your patients and you and of course you keep learning all the time but if you were to compare from when you first discovered that there were other things you could do as you explained earlier and when we talked if you were to go back now from what you learned initially and today what is the big thing that you know now that you didn't know then what is the big change in in biological medicine what i know now is that we have to be strict and we have to be consequent the body doesn't change quickly it needs one, two, three years that the body really changes. We have to look for detoxification permanently. And on the other side, to build up the trace element situation. I tell patients after, look, do three weeks superissimo strict. Do three months more or less strict. It's allowed to have a birthday party and something, but you don't have birthday every day. <laughs> you have months. You know what I mean? Now I, I know that the nutritional approach is very, very important. What would you say? What is the main cause when, when people don't heal, when they don't get better? We measure what is their toxic load. Well, we, we know that the most frequent toxins, which are in nowadays world, and this most frequent toxins, we, we, we test. So we test for heavy metals, for aluminium, for arsenic, but we also test for these, these, uh, these organic toxins. Yeah, yeah. The pesticides and so, and the preservatives and the, the plastic fumes and these kind of things. They, how, they, how do you get it out? How do you get these things out of the body? In the beginning with colonics and rebuilding of the intestinal system with the bacteria. We measure the bacteria and there are the bacteroides bacteria, for example. We did a lot of measurement, you know, we are very scientific, I would say, and we measured the, with the DMPS test, the heavy metal test, and patients who didn't do, they get, got back into more toxic load. Patients who continue with zeolite and build up the bacteria and so on, they reduce slowly. Okay. About in one year, they can reduce the toxic load by half. In two years, from half to half, one fourth. So uh, to, to, to conclude our, our conversation, 
Um, <laughs> I think the challenge for the world is there's only one Thomas Rao. We need a few thousand of them. How do we do that? I have 500 doctors who were my, my students in the Western world mainly, and in, some in India, some in Malaysia and so, but mainly in the US and, and in Germany. So I would continue. It needs teaching, it, but the teaching is to change your thinking. If you treat differently, you have to think differently. And I teach this thinking. So it's a big, big demand. And we looked, it's interesting, Michaela, my marketing uh, director, she looked on what is Googled the most. And in Germany and Switzerland, German-speaking world, uh, irritable bowel syndrome is the most frequently Googled problem. And why? Because orthodox medicine does not even think about this. This uh, irritable bowel syndrome, we heal, I would say, 100% in several months. Yeah. Just by different approach. The young doctors, they are taught to use guidelines. And guidelines is not individualized. And nowadays, guidelines of orthodox medicine is very dangerous because they are very, very pharmaceutical medication oriented. Why do children rarely get cancer? asks Thomas Rao. Almost all children are born with vibrant health. Gradually, we lose that health through our lifestyle. The good news is that changing our lifestyle can bring our health back. But, as Dr. Rao teaches and guides, there are no universal guidelines for our individual healing journeys. This was Camp Solutions. We will be back soon with more solutions for people and planet. <laughs>